0: Here on ESPN Plus on a Tuesday, I was given an extra 24 hours to mourn my beloved Club America and their ouster in the Liga MX playoffs. Alongside Hercules Gomez, I'm Sebi Salazar. Herc, hopefully you had a better weekend than I did. I know you did because your Tigres advanced.
1: Yeah, both teams I picked advanced, so good weekend. Oh, oof,
0: okay. He's feeling themselves. Uh, lots to get to in this show. We will, of course, discuss Liga MX. We are also, Herc, going to cover the Under-20 World Cup, the Baby Nats, as they're known, Baby Nats. in action today against Fiji. And one of the goal scorers in that game going to join us, Diego Luna, who we've, of course, talked about quite a bit on this show. Big news, Herc. This show marks the return of MLS Highlights to Woo-hoo! Fútbol Américas. Woohoo! Si sí, se pudo. We did it uh, after a... Uh, Long negotiation. We finally managed to get the highlights uh, here on Fútbol Américas. And how about this, Herc? Promotion and relegation could be coming to this hemisphere. Not the country, but the hemisphere. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Let's start, though, uh, as we mentioned. In Liga MX, the semifinals. We'll start with Club América Chivas, the Clásico Nacional. Mexico's most iconic rivalry, let's say. America up 1-0 after the first leg, second leg in Azteca, Piojo Alvarado. Beautiful pass. Ronaldo Cisneros there. And Chivas are up 1-0. Anybody
1: want to take Alvarado? I want to take him down? El Piojo down? I mean, it was very Des-like versus Mexico. You could have put the fire out way before.
0: Definitely a foul on the play there on Fidalgo. We'll talk about that later. Still 1-0, Chivas into the second half. America strike back. Diego Valdez, what a header.
1: Good ball by Alvaro Fidalgo, a better flick header. It's a golazo, we're all tied. America, 2-1 on
0: aggregate. So remember, because of the tiebreaker, Chivas need two goals into the 62nd minute, and here's where it goes haywire for Las Aguilas. Fidalgo, at first a yellow, upon review a red.
1: Yeah, I mean, no doubt about it, it's a red, it's a clumsy challenge, he gone.
0: America, reduced to 10 men. They've got to hold on. A few minutes later, Chivas on the attack. Alexis Vega falls perfectly to him. Can't finish. Cisneros can, but ruled back.
1: Yeah, I don't know about this one. Ruling that one back, ah. Woo! whoo! It was gonna be ruled back for a foul on Cendejas. Uh, Alexis Vega made a meal over here. It gets cleaned up by Cisneros. In the end, it won't count. It's Layun there, right? Yeah. Uh, Pocho
0: Guzman getting tied up You're with right, Layun that they apologies. eventually call. Then it goes to a set piece here, and Guadalajara does find the goal. Alan Moso Herc.
1: Alan Mosso coming in off the bench. Nobody on him. It's uh, from the training ground. Puts it away. Celebrate, my man.
0: So remember, Chivas still need another goal, and they get it. 89th minute, if ever there was going to be a hero against America, it's Chiquete. let's hear from Tan Ortiz after the loss.
2: Voy a decir dos o tres cositas. Primero, felicitar al a Chivas. Hay que reconocer que el rival jugó mejor. Felicitaciones por el pase a la final. Segundo, eh, por mí y por mi cuerpo técnico es un ciclo cerrado con la institución. Eh, Le querías decir eso. Que tengan buenas noches, que tengan un fin de semana, y gracias por todo.
0: American manager Tano Ortiz resigning on the spot after their semifinal elimination. Herc, are you cool with it?
1: Yeah, I, I'm cool with it, and I'm cool with it not because I agree that Tano Ortiz had to leave, that there should be a coaching change. I'm cool with it because Santiago Baños, the Club America president, held it over his head all season that you need to win the title, you need to lift the trophy to stick around. So the moment that didn't happen, he does what very few do. He does the very classy thing of stepping aside, saying, hey, these were the conditions you set out, and this is what we didn't meet. This is when I will leave now. Now, do I think it's the correct move for Club America? Absolutely not. I think they're going to regret the day that Tano Ortiz walks Mm. away. They're going to regret allowing him to walk away. In Tano Ortiz, you finally got a coach that had stability on the offensive side and defensive side. You can say what you will, and I will, about the center backs. (laughs) But this is a team that played very well, They had good balance. And if not for the format, because the reality is if you were a regular format like the rest of, let's say, Europe, for example, or most South mm. American leagues, America might have been already champions once, if not twice over under Tan Ortiz. That's a reality, they've been that good. Be careful what you wish for. Mm. They're going to rue the day they allowed Tan Ortiz to walk away. Mm.
0: I love it, one, because like you, I think it is the correct thing to do. Right? I'll get to why I think it's the correct thing to do for him to leave. I disagree with you there, I think, uh, on America's future. But I like it primarily, Herc, because we don't see it enough. Right. uh, Let alone down in Mexico, but certainly not like in the US and MLS. You just don't see coaches take this type of responsibility. I was in Cuba the night the US failed to qualify for the World Cup. Not only did Bruce Arena not resign, Herc, I don't even think anybody in the press conference asked him if he would resign. So It's the brave thing. It's the courageous thing. It's the honorable thing to do. You save a lot of people a lot of time and effort by just kind of stepping away. All right? I I like that from Tan Ortiz. But for all that courage, Herc, I have to ask, where was that courage during the game? Right? I think Tan Ortiz has to leave now, not just because of the cumulative. He's been in charge 14 months. He's not won a single trophy, whether you want to make up regular season titles or not. But beyond that, Herc. This defeat specifically is not just a fracaso, it's not just a failure, it's a humiliation for America, you lost to your rival. You lost to a rival who wasn't all that good. You lost to a rival who you Easy, had a tiebreaker over. And you lost to a rival who Easy, you beat Seb. already away, 1-0. I mean, it's Seb. a total disaster. How can you have any faith in Tan Ortiz moving forward Easy, with this team? Seb. I know you're not looking at his resume. He was the under-20 manager before Easy, he took over Seb. as the interim. This guy has Scaloni nothing was to the lean on in terms of moving Argentina, forward.
1: And that team that you just said wasn't that good? Uh, they had the exact same number of points as Club America. The only difference was goal differential. So easy, Seb. Mm-hmm. I will say, I know you're hurt right now. I know you're distraught, but easy, Seb. Insulting mm. the team that just humiliated, humiliated you Excuse me. at home isn't probably the best route to go. Now, if you want to talk about the game in Tan Ortiz, mm-hmm. we can get to that. Of why? Because I don't feel this is on Tan Ortiz. Mm.
0: Well, we, we, no. I, we, I want to hear from Fidalgo, right? Because I know you want to put some of the blame there. But the how has a lot to do here with how the fan base feels about him resigning. Okay? Sure. This is Club America. You fan. have to play a certain way. He made critical <laughs> decisions. <laughs> no, he made critical decisions to go out, to go out as a coward, Herc. A he coward? Went out, he went out as a coward. Roll yes,
1: go so I can do my argument unless you want me to kill it right now.
0: He made every single the negative
1: tape. decision. Roll All the right,
0: tape. All right, let's hear from Alvaro Fidalgo, the other, the other antihero in this American crisis.
3: La, la realidad es que soy, ya lo dije en el vestu, ya se lo dije en el vestuario a todos eh, soy el responsable número uno de la eliminación un error eh, no sé no sé por qué no sé nunca en la vida en la primera que me expulsa nunca en la vida había hecho una entrada así no sé no 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 entiendo Por más que dé vuelta no sé por qué se dio y lo que digo. Ni siquiera me atrevía a mirar a los compañeros a la cara, porque siento que la eliminación es toda mía, toda. Ni el Tano, ni el Presi, ni ninguno de mis compañeros. Teníamos uno a uno. El partido controlado, lo acariciamos y es toda mía, toda, toda, toda mía.
0: Breaking news here on football Americas Is her gonna actually blame a player?
1: Oh, Please. You're the one who didn't ask Bruce Arena anything when you were at Kova. You you questioned the rest of them. Wash mm-hmm. your hands of that one. Uh, let me ask you a question, Seb. When because I know you talk to a lot of your family members and whatnot, and some of them follow Club America, some follow MX. maybe some of them don't. But when you talk about this game and you say, hey, with 34 minutes left in the series and being up two to one on aggregate, can you believe that they let it slip away? Can you believe? And they ask you, wait a second, Seth, but what happened? How did they slip that away? How did they lose this series? W- w- what are you gonna say?
0: I'm gonna say one error was a crack but nobody could fix it. And that's that's why I'm Seth, always going to put it on the manager. what were you
1: saying? Stop. What were you saying? No, it's,
0: it's down to the fact that they didn't have 11 men on the field. Because here's the reality. For all the, the credit that you want to give Chivas, that producer Beto wants to give Chivas, that, if America have 11 men on this field, there is no way in hell that Chivas are scoring two goals. It's over. There's no way that Chivas advance. So, yes, in that regard, you can say right there, the, the, the mistake from Fidalgo, cost them. But listen, at the end of the day, her it is always the manager's job to pick up the pieces when the players fail. And he had not one, but two chances in terms of moments for substitutions to to pick up this mess and clean it up and he misfired on both. Okay. That's why it's Antan Ortiz. Uh,
1: Oh, it's Antan Ortiz. You said it right there, okay? Minute 64, seven minutes after you tie the game, Seb. Seven minutes after you tie the game, Álvaro Fidalgo gets red carded at the center of midfield in a play that was in no way, shape, or form dangerous. He wasn't saving Club America from a last player, a last-minute goal. He wasn't saving them from a 1v1 with the goalkeeper. He had a mental breakdown in that moment, a brain fart, if you will, and he got red-carded. And to his credit, he owns up to it. Mm -hmm. I love that. He owns up to it, but he's the villain in this movie because you said there's no way in hell that Mm -hmm. Chivas beats Club America if it's 11v11. It's a lot more difficult to tell you that because yeah. you know how many teams have stepped in to el Estadio Azteca and scored 3 goals on Club America this season? Just one, Pachuca. And we know what Pachuca is. They're the boogeyman to Club America. So, it would have been very very difficult Okay. And, and even with 10 men, it was Velko Panovich, and this is where you have to give credit to Velko Panovic, who threw caution to the wind, who didn't start Mosso who was one of the standout players in leg one, who didn't st- who started finally a center forward. Everything mm-hmm. he did, he threw the sink, the kitchen sink, at Club America paid off. And they didn't score three goals. They scored four goals. They right. scored four goals against Club America. One was called back mm-hmm. unjustly for my money. And it didn't matter at the, in the end. It's very difficult to those in those moments. And we saw Club America succumb to the pressure versus an 11-man San Luis. It's very difficult in those moments not to succumb to the pressure mm. of an 11-man. When you have 10, Club, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Chivas de Guadalajara, when they, and you can say that they weren't as good as Club America, they had the exact, exact same points as America in the regular season. So you have to give them credit. Panovich? I wasn't high on Vanovic. Mm-hmm. I wasn't high on this Chivas. But throughout this playoff series, throughout La Liguilla, they didn't win just one Clásico. They won two Clásicos, okay? The Advanced versus uh, Atlas and the Advanced versus um, Club America. It's a team that did what they needed to do, and the ones who didn't were, yes, Tano Ortiz and Club America. But this game changes, this game hinges on that Alvaro Fidalgo red card. Okay, but you're
0: saying that Dan Ortiz was outmanaged by the other coach. That that has to be no, on, Seb, on with him. With ten hurt. men,
1: with ten men. Let me tell you. There's thirty minutes. America have walked off the field. Let's go over the subs here. Immediately after it happens, let me tell you real quick. Because I they're want to all
0: defensive. It's all take. It, you you the, left because yourself. Because you
1: have a two-goal cushion, Seb. You you can't just go out hurt, and attack. Stop, it's suicide stop. at the World Cup. When Greg Berhalter parked the bus, this is not
0: Greg and Berhalter. The, and and he the never U.S. With beat 10 Iran men. at the World Cup. You no, criticized them uh, for parking on. the bus too early. It's 11-11. How, 11 can, how 11, can this guy Seb. park the bus, lose the game, and you defend it?
1: It's 11-11, v. 11 and you're parking the bus against a team that you could say is inferior. You're parking the bus because you have 34 minutes with a two-goal cushion, and you have That's a man That's not down. how
0: America plays. That's not what America needed. And when Seb, the goal finally Seb, came so for Team who Chiefs?
1: them behind the eight ball? What chance
0: was there I'll once Chivas scores for America to I'll, score? You I'll got finish. freaking Roger Martinez up You don't need to top. score, Seb. You're up <laughs> two Jonathan goals. Jonathan Santos in Seb, midfield.
1: You don't need to score. You're up two goals. Yes, you do. No, once you they don't. get the third, you need to score. You had you ten minutes to left. You need to defend if you're up two goals with a man down. Not attack. I'll leave you with this, You Seb. can defend by holding the ball. Nobody's going to hold the ball
0: if you take Diego Valdez off.
1: Okay. I'll leave you with this, Seb, okay? And I'm Zendejas. Not- okay. I'm not going to sit here and say you've never played. Okay, because that's unfair. Uh, I'm going to sit here and say that when I've been in games, a man down, some of the most difficult things to do Mm -hmm. are to try to attack, to try to relieve pressure. You're just praying. You're hoping that you can withstand and Mm -hmm. bunker. Now, when you have a two-goal lead, you're hoping it's enough. But in no way, shape, or form does a team with 10 men with two goals, with a Mm two-goal lead, Mm -hmm. in 34 minutes left, think, I need to attack. They think, how can I alleviate pressure? Now, this all changes Turns on its head because of Álvaro Fidalgo. You may blame Tan Ortiz. Nobody sane would blame Tan Ortiz with what happened. This hinges... And <laughs> are I'm you not, saying I'm insane? No, no, because in an insane world, it's the sane that are called crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so...
0: All right. Uh, hey, let me ask you before we move on to Chivas, because we do have to give them some love. Producer Beto is very upset about this. We're focusing only on América. Very quickly on Fidalgo. I feel like he divides opinion even among America's fan base, but I guess we'll uh, we'll leave it for another time as the uh, graphic has moved us on. What's the key for you, Herc, to Chivas turnaround?
1: Listen, Chivas is a team that's completely changed their game. They were a very defensive team over the years. The last two years, it's, it's, they defend well. They don't have any punch, they're toothless up top, but they defend good as a unit. That changed, and not the way they defend, but the intensity of how they defend on both sides of the ball. This is a team now that you have to be very mindful of when you attack, because yes, They're maybe toothless up front. Sometimes they don't even play with the center forward, but you have to be mindful of when you attack, because of how relentless, how intense they are, it can come back down your throat and be a dangerous possibility. This is a very difficult team to break down. It's a very difficult team to play. And I'm gonna throw a name out out there on you, okay? Antonio uh, Briseño, El Pollo Ooh, Briseño. When he boy. comes on, the Mexican Rudiger. When he comes on, a lot of people were questioning oh, Mexican. the Mexican Rudiger. When he comes <laughs> on, when he come on, think about, think about the display. Erling Haaland and and and, and Rudiger in, in the very first uh, Madrid versus City game. That that display. That's what he did with Julio Furch. That's what he did with Henry Martin. I mean, two very physical forwards. Very good forwards. They weren't allowed to do much in either of the two series. So you've got to give credit to where credit is due. He used players, Panovic, at times that were not even used at all in the playoff series. Not even used at all in the regular season. Gave them confidence and they responded. They're a very difficult team to play against because of that intensity.
0: You know, when you think about the players who are the turnaround for Chivas, it's not really the stars. Like at least last night or Sunday night, it was not Alexis Vega. It was not his best game. Pocho Guzman, I think you can debate whether it's a foul or not, but it's a foolish play. Like I think you can see yeah. that he's frustrated there, going in after Miguel Layun. It cost his team a goal. Whether you agree with the right. call or not, right? They but look it. at the guys who made the difference. It was really guys off the bench. It's mostly to your point, coming off the bench. Brizuela, uh, Pavel Perez looked great in the few minutes Cisneros. that he got. It's it, right, exactly. It's Chivas bench players, and that to me goes back to Paunovic, right? Um, this is a guy who came in, and the first thing he said when they asked him, "What's wrong with Chivas?" He said, this team doesn't have confidence. And it sounds a little cheesy. It sounds a little Ted Lasso believe. But he has clearly given this team confidence. And you see uh, the impact that this manager has. And I just wonder, Herc, uh, what this means for his future. Because we know there was reportedly interest from Major League Soccer. I'm thinking if you're Chivas right now, you're locking this dude down for the long term.
1: You're going to try to try to lock down in the long term. I don't know what the contract situation is, if it's six months or more. I would imagine you lock him down or you had him locked down for more than a year so. Whoa. We'll wait and see. It's it's a good six months for for Chivas. Uh, By all means make it to the final, nothing easy, but job not done. All right, so uh, Chivas there advance past Club America
0: in one of the two semifinals in Liga MX. Saturday night, second leg of the semifinal between Rayados and Tigres. 1-1 after the first lag at El Volcan, Nahuel Guzman, almost a huge mistake early
1: on. Almost a Nahuelada right there, He, he gets on to the end of it. No harm, no foul. You're good, you're good. Still scoreless into the second half. Traalos
0: attacking, Hector Moreno scores, but wait, VAR gonna overturn it.
1: Yeah, offside Hector Moreno. Nahuelada here, by the way, Guzman, or Guzan, excuse me, Guzman, uh, ends up coming out. Chivas, Chivas. Tigres took the sting out of this game, which is what they tend to do against Monterrey. Uh, you thought it was gonna go their way. It did not for Monterrey, and then, watch out.
0: Yep, would have given Rayados a two-goal cushion instead.
1: 80th minute, that man. Yeah, Sebastián Cordoba with the header right there. It's Julián Quiñones who comes on, and Quiñones making an immediate difference.
0: Golazo from Cordoba.
1: Luis Quiñones, excuse me. Yes, as,
0: uh, as Tigres there win 1-0, 2-1 on aggregate, defeating Rayados and uh, clinching their spot in the final. Herc, for you, what was the difference the turning point in the series between these two rivals.
1: Turning point in the series right here? Uh, well, if you look at who took their chances in the series and who did not, it's going to be that this guy, um, what's his name? Vucetich, Victor Manuel Vucetich. <laughs> uh, Rey Midas is all of a sudden Reimiedos. Uh, he, he's fearful. He doesn't want to go out and let that very luxurious attack try to attack. You saw it against Santos in leg one sit back and defend, let's try to hold the result. You saw it against Tigres in leg one, he did the same thing, when you have a team, when you have this type of car, this type of race car, what you can't have is a race car driver who's scared to go fast, and this is what Victor Manuel teach was with Rayados. He never put that foot down to the pedal, never let that race car open up and really get going. And if you leave a team like Tigres lying around, mm. leave a team like Tigres with a little bit of opportunity, they're going to hurt you, and that they did. This was lost by the posture, the defensive posture of of And the other side of that is Seboldi. Uh, it's Luis Quiñones who comes on. Immediately after him coming on, there's a... There's three subs that come on. It's it's uh, Diego Lainez in, be going out. It's Viente Lopez in, it's Garza out, and it's Ooh. Luis Quiñones in, and it's Diego Reyes out. Immediately you say, I need to attack. Some of that may be circumstantial, but it pays immediate dividends because in five minutes, or seven minutes, excuse me, you get that goal from Sebastián Córdoba.
0: Yeah, yeah. Plenty of turning points. We saw the, the goal that was overturned there for Hector Moreno, but that chance for Funes Mori early on, if he scores that, you got a two-goal cushion at home. I've always thought this about Tigres. Obviously, they, they keep the clean sheet here. I don't know that I trust the defense. Not just well. I just don't know that I trust them. And if Rayados have a two-goal cushion and Tigres have to kind of come out and play, I think this ends very, very differently. So Absolutely. clearly some missed opportunities uh, there for Rayados that I think they are going to ruin this one. Let's talk about Tigres here because this is a, a question that I think at any point over the last few years would have been crazy to ask. But now it feels fair. Who for you is the most important player right now for Tigres?
1: Well, it's... It's Sebastian Cordoba, and I could make an argument. It's not even an argument. I think it's hands down. He's the most important player in Liguia. Any team that was playing in Liguia and and right now in this final, he's the most important player. He scored in five straight games. He scored against Puebla in the playing game. He scored in both games versus Toluca uh, in the semifinal game. He scored in both games um, in, in what was that Clasico Regio versus Monterrey. This is a player right now that's playing lights out. He is the difference maker five goals in Liga, Gignac was Mr. Liga Right now, today, he's Mr. Liga, And it's not just in Tigres, it's in Liga MX. You look at the players that are left right now and you talk about a more decisive player, who's more decisive than Sebastián Córdova right now? You could maybe make a case for Wacho Jimenez, the goalkeeper at Chivas of the two teams left, but even then, I don't think it's, it's like this. No, not at all. What does it say about Gignac, that he's no longer that guy? Well, I don't know if it's he's no longer that guy because he's proven his worth uh, throughout the seasons, throughout the years. Right now, he's quiet. And Gignac is quiet till he's not. And when he's not, it reminds you of who he is. One of the best players that's played in Liga Mekis. One of the best foreign signings in the history of Liga Mekis. I wouldn't discount Andre Pierre Gignac just yet. Listen, how many times have I sat here and talked about the muscle memory with Tigres? And here we are, a final. I recall... When Nico Ibanez, listen to the name I'm going to mention. Nico Ibanez signed from Pachuca to Tigres. I believe it was week two or week three. The game they played week two against, uh, against Pachuca, Tigres-Pachuca, he did not play in that game. We did a show right after that game, and you asked me if I switch my team. Toluca was the team that I picked to Tigres. I think I said yes in that one, just based off of, of, off of uh, Ibanez. Ibanez is not even played Mm -hmm. Ibanez has not measured or or been of worth as of yet for Tigres that's the same thing with Andre Pierre Gignac but any moment when one of those two wakes up especially Andre Pierre Gignac it's game over hey we
0: do have Nations League coming up is the Cordova conversation more about him getting back into the national team picture or if what you're saying is true that he's truly one of the best players right now in Liga MX are we talking about a potential starter come Nations League
1: yeah, I, I think you could potentially talk about a potential starter, but the difference here is, or the, I think the, the key thing here is, it's Diego Coca, and we know how he left with Diego Coca. He wasn't necessarily on the best terms while he was a player with Tigres, and Diego Coca was the coach at Tigres. So that's very touch and go. But if you're talking about just overall play right now in that central midfield position, you could think a few better right now in that setup.
0: Yep, Córdoba, Linus, Diego Reyes, at least some Americanistas are, uh, are getting to the final here, even if it's with this Tigres. Guy. What about the other side of the rivalry here, huh? Rayados and the man that you mentioned off the top, Victor Manuel Bucetich, Rey Midas, King Midas, because everything he touches supposedly turns to gold. Herc, should he stay on at Rayados after this, his latest failure?
1: Yeah. um, I want to be consistent with things. I don't want to be just hyperbole. He didn't win the title. He should get out. Yeah. But if you look up at the makeup of this team, This team wasn't constructed, this roster wasn't constructed for them to defend leads, for them to just grind games out. Sure, lots of points, but that's not what this team is constructed for. And we know Tato Noriega, our ex-colleague here at ESPN, who's now the president of Monterrey. The last thing he said in this press conference is, this isn't the Monterrey we want to see. Well, can't play any other way. He doesn't know how. He's about defending, he's about being grindy, he's about getting those results, not not necessarily being an offensive team, so I think they're going to go a different route because of the way this roster is constructed. Hmm.
0: I feel like after, or after the first leg against Santos, when that quarterfinal was still up in the air, I asked you if a defeat there, which would definitely have been a, a fracaso, right, and much bigger than going out in the semis to Tigres, which is at least respectable.
1: No, still a fracaso. No, big, no, no, yeah, still a
0: fracaso, but not. It would have been much worse to go out quarterfinals Ooh, against a team that finished 13. I, I, I don't know about Emotionally, that. Emotionally, to lose a rivalry is one thing. You but just to go spoke, out to a terrible spoke, team.
1: Hold on, you just spoke about. You just spoke as an America fan about what it meant to lose to Chivas. I can guarantee you, all the Rayado fans. Yes, but,
0: it would, but my, think about losing to San Luis. I mean, even, even more no, embarrassing. No, Come no, on. no,
1: no, no. Because what if Chivas won? You're the one who couldn't stop them from winning that title. Now Tigres has a chance to win that title. It's much worse if you're a Monterrey fan right now, seeing Tigres in this final.
0: Uh, Tato Noriega, because he did say a couple other interesting things. He was asked directly about Vucetich's future. Translation here, depends on what comes of our conversations. That doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement. Uh, Tato also said, we're upset, not just with the loss, but how. That right there is not good, because that right there is a finger directly at the manager, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And if I'm Victor Manuel Vucetich, I'm not feeling good about my job regardless of the 40 points and first-place finish that I got.
0: We started the season wondering if Vucetich was on the hot seat. We end his season, at least, wondering if he's on the hot seat with Rayados. All right, we got the two-leg final coming up later this week. Tigres against Chivas, a rematch of the 2017 Clausura final, of course, won by Chivas. First leg Thursday, Tigres hosting second leg Sunday in Guadalajara.
4: Again, try Jet's signature eight corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8 S A V E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Here's Gomez. Great first touch. Gomez! And it it's a stoppage time winner for the U.S.
0: Gomez with a game winner for the U.S. Under-20s against Ecuador Saturday at the Under-20 World Cup. USA against Fiji today in Group B. Action 20 minutes in. Quinn Sullivan with a chance for the Americans. Just whistles it, Herc, past that far post. Yeah,
1: just wide. One of many chances in that first half. The U.S. all over Fiji, but it would continue.
0: U.S. finally find their breakthrough in the 66th minute. Diego Luna one nothing.
1: Yeah, Diego Luna taking advantage of what looked like maybe an Aaron whistle. So I don't know. Everybody stop. Diego's the only one that didn't. Slots it home.
0: Still just one nothing into the 88th minute. That's when Cade Cowell.
1: I'll tell you what. He got his goal. He could have had two others hit the crossbar, hit the post as well. Good little finish right there down the right-hand side for Cade Cowell. US weren't done. ninth minute of stoppage time. Caleb Wiley on the rebound. Never one of those in my career. Seb. never no, one of those. No, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no, 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 no. But it's a, a good little follow through off the Craig shot. And uh, they go on.
0: Caleb Wiley, the Atlanta United man there with the goals. The US wins three nothing. Mikey Varas team now. 2-0 on the tournament. They have clinched a spot in the knockout rounds. They'll play Slovakia next on Friday. For more on the big victory over Fiji, then time to welcome into football Américas, a guy whose career we've actually followed for quite some time on this show, Diego Luna, of course, of Real Salt Lake. Before that, El Paso Locomotive in the USL. Diego, great to have you here on football Américas. Congratulations on the big win.
5: Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. And, yeah, I'm excited to be here.
0: So, I mean, tell me a little bit about the game today because you look on paper, you say Fiji, I think you guys had something like 31 shots total here. You figure it's just going to be a total domination. Instead, you don't get that second goal till the 88th minute. What happened in this game? Why was it so tough? And what changed either at halftime or in the second half for you guys to break it open?
5: I think it was a mentally tough game. I think the guys came into the game and and it was a, a mentally tough game where we struggled on on breaking that final line where they where they dropped in and created a a back line of six, you know, and that, that's difficult to break. And I think it, it just took some time and took us being better in the final third. And uh, it was lucky enough uh, I was the one to to break through and find that find that opening goal in the 66th minute. And the combinations and stuff is exactly what we needed to, to break a line that that dropped back like that.
1: Diego, it always takes that first goal to go in for the floodgates to open, for the team to relax, for Fiji to come out and play a little bit more. It was you that scored. I thought you could have scored against Ecuador in the very first game. You been one of the standout players for the U.S. in these two games. Walk me through the goal because it looked like Cade Cowell was asking for a penalty kick. It looked like the Fiji players thought there might have been a penalty kick called. Everybody stopped. You were the only one that kind of realized play was still going on.
5: Yeah, no, it was it was a pass. I played into the middle and I was coming around for the layoff. And, um, yeah, Cade got clipped, and everybody kind of stopped. And uh, I just followed through and and saw the opening and just took that shot and tucked it into the bottom right. And, yeah, lucky enough, they they let it play on, and I got that goal.
0: Diego, you're, of course, joining us live from Argentina. Everybody saw the images after Argentina won the Senior World Cup. Just crazy scenes. I wonder if you're feeling any of that vibe here at the Under-20 World Cup. Is the atmosphere intense
5: there? No, it definitely is. I think I think we underestimated the amount of people that we'd that we'd have at games, and uh, you know that the, just the the vibe around and the people that that are showing up and and celebrating and and vibing for us. So it's definitely you can feel it in the atmosphere that it's that it's big here. Uh, Diego, you
1: guys are now on to the knockout rounds. That's the fourth time in four tournaments. No other country uh, in this tournament can can say that. Slovakia up next. Uh, I have to imagine you guys are feeling confident. How confident are you? And what I mean by that is, can the U.S. team go on and win it all?
5: I think it's a thing. It's a big question you ask, and I think it's a thing where, where we take it by day by day. And I think right now we're happy about this this win and happy about you know qualifying for round sixteen. But I think tomorrow everybody's back at zero and and we we recover and we're we're going to every game as the underdog. So I think we're taking it day by day, and I think um, that, that's what we need to do, and that's what we're going to keep doing, and and prove to the world you know what 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 we can do every single game.
0: Diego, we first saw this team kind of at the under-20 qualifiers, but not all your teammates from that tournament are here at the World Cup. A few of them had to stay home because of club decisions. I wonder for you in your discussions with RSL, kind of what went into those conversations and then your decision to be here at the under-20 World Cup as opposed to staying back home with your club team?
5: Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's it's unfortunate for the guys that weren't allowed to come and, and of course fortunate for the guys that were. And I think it's more of a communication between club and player and you know what the player's feeling and stuff. So I think it was it was the right decision for me. And I think it's everyone's happy and I'm here to to perform and, and I think we need to focus on the guys that are that got released and that are here to that are here to perform and, and get this team as far as we can. Diego, before
1: I ask you about the locomotive from El Paso, because then you you spent some time there and we've spoken a lot about that club in general and your time there. Let me ask you something. You've played like 89 minutes in an MLS play with Ralph Salt Lake. You've been one of the standout players for the U.S. Youth National Team. You definitely can see your confidence. Are you hoping these performances can translate to more minutes now with RSL? Because there are a lot of people who ask themselves why you don't play more there.
4: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: It's only a kick.
2: A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run.
1: It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure.
2: You got this. Adidas. Adidas. Yeah,
4: it's
5: a tricky question, and I think I think it's something where where it's just I think I'm just gonna keep my head down and keep working. You know, there's not really much to say there, but let my performance do the talking, and and hopefully be put in a in a place where where I could succeed. And I think that's something that that I'm really focused to, and I just gotta focus on on every time I get the chance to perform in front of people, and and just keep my head down and keep working. Hopefully, you know, I'll get more playing time. Um, going back to RSL.
1: All right. Let's talk about the locomotive, El Paso locomotive. We've spoken a lot about this team here on this program. You spent some time there. Uh, tell me about your time in El Paso. What did it mean to you?
5: Yeah, no, El Paso. You know, going back there is, is probably my. You know, it was a, it was a dream start. I think to a, to a professional career. I, I went there to a, to a place that was just loving that loved the sport loved the team and and the staff everyone there the players all gave me the confidence supported me on and off the field and i think it was it was the best thing in my career so far that has that has led me into all these things i don't think without el paso and without everybody that's helped me there i, I would be where i'm at today so you know everything there so the community the staff everyone that that has helped me or that i've i've been in touch with there was was has helped me some way or form you know and and to get me where i'm at so It was just a a dream start.
0: You know, you're not just a product of El Paso. You're a product of Northern California as well. And I think one of the goals today, maybe Cade Cows, like you were involved, Cade's involved, obviously. There's a lot of Northern California influence uh, on this under-20 team, Diego. What's going on in Northern California in terms of development?
5: I don't know. It's the the Bay Area blood, I think. I think (laughs) us, you know, back there in the Bay, you know, we just got the, we got all the right things there. And a lot of, I think it's a lot of... uh, there's a word, just uh, the the blood in us. I think it's just the way we were raised, and all the soccer out there, and the and the vibe out there in the Bay Area. You know, the grind, and and you know, like I said, it's I've taken a couple, you know, trips away from home to get to where I'm at today. But it's it's all from being in the Bay Area. You know, raised there and and developed there. And it's like Kate. Kate is a good friend of mine that I knew way back, and I think it, it's just good to you know play with them on the same field again and and be here with with you know old friends.
1: All right. All right, I got one for you, Diego. I got plenty of uh, Bay Area influence in me. There are
5: hella mullets on your team. What is going on? <laughs> oh, don't even get me started. Um, yeah, no. I know we need to talk to some of these guys, but um, I think uh, we'll, we'll get that sorted, you know, definitely before, before the round of 16. Okay.
0: <laughs> There it is. The important stuff here on Football Américas. The team is playing well, but they need to look good uh, as well. We know Diego Luna. He's always looking sharp. That, uh, that's definitely part of the plan. Diego, great to have you with us here on Football Américas. Thanks for the time and continued success down there at the Under-20 World Cup in Argentina.
5: Best of luck, my man. Oh. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Okay, Herc. let's run it back with the U.S. men's national team abroad. Mark McKenzie, is fourth league goal of the season for Gank in
1: Belgium. Fourth league goal in five, in the last five games, excuse me. This guy's never scored a goal in his life. All of a sudden, can't stop scoring. Like, what is he eating? What's going on here? Mm. Gank third right now with two games left,
0: fighting for a top two spot, which would get him into the Champions League. This game finished in a 1-1 draw against one of the teams that they're chasing there in the Belgium League. In England, Weston McKinney with his first Premier League assist. It came as Leeds lost 3-1 to West Ham. On Sunday,
1: long throwing, and Angels just uh, lost its wings. Uh, didn't really help them. Um, they still ended up losing. They being Leeds, and now Everton, Leicester City, and Leeds fighting for one spot in salvation. Yeah, Final league
0: play. Got to win, and then get some help. Needing uh, Everton and Leicester to both drop points. All right, here's Johnny Cardoso. his first goal of the season, Herc, in Brazil for Internacional. This
1: is a ridiculous goal, by the way. Look at this. Look where he puts this. Insane finish. What's going on here? I didn't know Johnny Cardozo had this type of finish in him. Look at that.
0: Cardoso, one of the five dual-nats that committed under Anthony Hudson. Add Timothy Tillman to that list. Speaking of, the big one, Flo Faller in Balogun, his 20th league-on-goal of the season.
1: Uh, yeah, I can't something about what you said card. Cardoso. Card- was it by Anthony Hudson? Okay, it's, that's another story. Fuller and Balogun with number I mean, you 20. Wanna
0: you you want to dis- discuss yeah. it with me?
1: Yeah, if you'd want, if you'd like. 20 okay. goals! First U.S. Men's National Team player to get to that. Right. Here's a look at Fuller and Balogun's stats.
0: Becoming the uh, first U.S. international to get 20 goals in one of Europe's top five leagues. There's the uh, Clint Dempsey, the previous high watermark. Not the United States, Herc, but close. Canada, Kyle Lahren with his seventh goal of the season. Also his third assist of the season for Valladolid as they beat champions Barcelona 3-1 today.
1: Yeah, Barcelona with nothing to play for, but Valladolid with plenty to play for. This all but secures them in La Liga. Could be the safety they were looking for. Massive from Kyle Laren. who uh, our boy Alex Pareja called the best winter signing in the history of La Liga. Wow,
0: as you mentioned, big win for his team pulls him out of the relegation spots as the La Liga season comes to a close. By the way, this Saturday, relegation will be decided in the Bundesliga. So will the title. Dortmund leading Bayern by two points. Bayern gets Cologne uh, Cologne, and Dortmund gets Mainz. The action starts 9.30 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday, all here on ESPN+. On Football Americas, great to be able to bring you the good, the bad, and the ugly in full color. Let's start with the Hell is Real Derby, Herc. FC Cincinnati beating Columbus 3-2. They are now five points clear of everybody in Major League Soccer. Herc, will it last with Brenner leaving for Syria in July?
1: Well, they they got a game in hand on LAFC. A very, very good team. Uh, Lucho Acosta's playing very well. Five goal, three assists. Here's the key. Here's the key. 8-0 at home. Mm. This is a very good home team. I mean, they've only lost once away, but very good at home. And hell is real if you're asking yourself why. You have been to Ohio?
0: I have been to Ohio. It's a wonderful place. There is a hell is real billboard, I think, somewhere Ah, there on Interstate 70 between cincinnati and columbus
1: i'm just messing with my friends in ohio
0: uh, yes we love we love the great state of ohio fc cincinnati owns it for now as they beat columbus 3-2 in the hell is real derby rivalry week uh, stretch over a couple match days this time around one of the so-called rivalries orlando and miami orlando won this one three to one Herc. where does this fit in on your so-called manufactured rivalries list across mls
1: yeah i mean what's the name of this rivalry uh the sunshine rivalry what, what's it called the sun Clasico? something like that el sol Clásico or manzanita Sol. i, I forgot the name of this one e- either way um until so there's some real history here listen it's fun and, and i guess it's because of proximity and cool colors but that's about it
0: Phil Neville after the defeat not very happy as his squad falls three to one and coach taking it out on the media let's listen in
1: so no I think, I think I think I think what Leo said on on Thursday was we take we, we take accountability for the defeat but I, I think I think you well you always look for things to, to be negative about Franco so uh, we, we we won fight We can I finish speaking? Wait, are you going to interrupt? Can I finish speaking? Okay, because I don't interrupt your question. Okay, so don't interrupt mine. Show some respect. So, sorry for the language. The... In, in the... Sorry, what was the question? Ask me the question again, please, Franco. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's reminiscent of a segment on this show, Herc. We just started yelling at each other and we forget what the segment and the question was. Uh, 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 what do you make here? Phil Neville taking shots at our guy... Franco Paniza, who, by the way, has been around for a while, not some new kid on the block. No,
1: no. He does, uh, I, think, I believe it's called Miami Total Football down there, some mm-hmm. very good work. Uh, Phil Neville, a friend of the show as well. This is just comedy. I mean, he's, like, too polite to even stay with it, and then he loses track of what he's saying. It, 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 it's comedy. But I wish there was more of this. I wish there was more of the intelligent questions because it was an intelligent question, not in this press conference, but actually that happened before with Leo Campana. Um, that provoked this type of response. And it doesn't have to be a negative response, but it has to be something that not only puts pressure on the actual personalities, the coaches, the the players, the organizations, but keeps you entertained at the end of the day. Because the one thing that I've always said has been lacking, or, or especially today, I should say, in Major League Soccer, are those narratives are those villains there's plenty of heroes that they try to force feed you or, or try to tell you they should be your heroes but actual storylines and narratives and this is great uh, what we saw here was one of the more entertaining things that i've seen in quite some time in a in a presser uh, i'd like to see more of it and and listen phil couldn't help but be polite even to the end um, for himself and franco kept this cool and Franco's was a very good uh, journalist so i was entertained
0: you know what's something else that isn't around too much in MLS? Pressure on coaches. Yes, sir. I think you're seeing some of the pressure starting to get to Phil Neville. If you remember one of the last rounds of the Open Cup, Inter-Miami got Miami FC, and they needed a last-minute goal just right. to force extra time, right, just to survive the embarrassment of getting knocked out uh, in the Open Cup by your neighbor from a lower tier. If you saw Phil Neville celebrating after that, you would have thought, Herc, that he won the World Cup. I think there's real pressure starting to get to Phil Neville, especially, Herc, if you remember the Velko Panovic rumors, which we already discussed on this show earlier. There's something not right in Miami. I know you say he's best friends with David Beckham, but right now things are wrong there, and Phil Neville's starting to feel the heat. Otherwise, he's not yelling at Franco.
1: Yeah, no, fine. And I don't think it's Velko Panovic. I don't think it's anything like that. But what I will tell you, imagine if you get a big-name signing. Um, that big name signing is going to want some say or are going to have some input or maybe some of his own pressure for Phil Neville. And Phil Neville, you could say that things are out of your hand because of roster construction, because of whatever you want. I don't buy that right now. I think Chris Henderson, that came in last season and did some good things with the team last season. And we saw a little bit of life in this team last season. But this season, you're five and eight. This season, you're one of two teams, along with Montreal, that's not tied a game. You know what that tells me? Mm. If you don't have the ability to tie games when you need to tie them, and you see them close out, the ability to grind out results, you're not a very good team. And that's on the coach. That's also reflective.
0: Speaking of the Open Cup in Inter-Miami, they're in action as we speak. Right now, 1-1 against Nashville in the 83rd minute of the round of 16. All right, let's get to the ugly, Herc to play for toronto fc taking on austin on saturday toronto losing one nothing in this game the goal comes in the 91st minute the last of last minutes by jesse's artist who gets the game winner it's the third straight game without a goal for toronto fc they go all the way back to april to get the last goal in league play for toronto right now they are Last place in the East. Giassi Zardes. There you see uh, his game winner in stoppage time. Frustrations around this TFC team are starting to boil over. Let's start by hearing what Federico Bernardeschi had to say after this game.
3: Uh, we, we we don't we don't play. We play long pass. We don't play. We don't have idea to play, but. Uh, I'm proud of my team because uh, every, every, every player put everything in the field and this is the most important for me. I think uh, maybe uh, we need to, uh, to change something. Uh, we need to a little bit more tactics, we need to an idea. Uh, how how we play because uh, this is uh, the real problem for me. It's impossible play like this when uh, when we 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 play without the idea. This is the this is the big 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 uh, problem for me. No, I think uh, I think uh, uh, we we don't have a construction in the game. We when uh, when uh, the, the player uh, has the ball uh we we don't know to how how to pass the ball uh this is the real problem uh because uh we don't we don't training uh about that uh we uh we we lose every every game uh we tie we lose we tie we lose sometimes we win but uh uh i i, I can't believe this sincerely um this is uh this is uh, no good for uh, the young players they need to uh, to imp- they need to uh, get him better no and uh, grow up uh, with uh, an idea of football and uh, the, the the player with personality they need to help uh, help us to understand and follow the idea of football but uh, we need the idea of football, this is the, the real, uh, the real situation.
0: All right, Eric, you've been a player in a dressing room. You've been frustrated. Help us translate here what we're hearing from Bernadeschi and what it has to say about Bob Bradley.
1: Well, directly to Bob Bradley, what I could tell you is it's never a good sign when one of your star players is openly criticizing the makeup of the team and who makes it up and how, those are those tactics are made up. This is a direct shot of Bob Bradley right here. I don't think there's any way you can translate it. You can maybe say it's lost in translation, but I think it's very forthcoming and what he wants to get out there. And if you're Bob Bradley who's not only the head coach but the sporting director, a guy who gave this player millions and other player millions, and here you're hearing that he's openly criticizing you, this is a problem because I've sat here and I said, listen, there are six points away from not only the playoff line, but actually being like in sixth place, I believe I told you last time. And look at the amount of injuries they've had to these big players. But here's one of your big players saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the issue. That's damning. Yeah,
0: we also heard there were some reports, I believe, from Kalen Kyle over with MLS that Lorenzo Insigne doesn't want to work with Bob Bradley. Like, we saw it a little bit at the end of his time, Herc, at LAFC. I'm not gonna say he lost the locker room, but it did seem like that team was starting to, to fracture at the end of his time. Are we seeing the same thing here as we saw at LAFC, or is it different?
1: Well, that team within the LAFC, I think there are cycles to every team and things like that will happen, but this is just different, Seb. We've never heard a player openly criticize the coach because if you're talking about the tactics that's a direct reflection of the coach so you're openly criticizing the man who sets the lineup, sets the tactics and gave you your contract we've never seen this especially when it comes to bob bradley we have never seen this so you have to take it for what it's worth it's one of the star players for toronto fc saying hey yes i understand that all this is happening but my real issue is here so if you're bob bradley There's a deep discussion you need to have, not only with Bernadeschi, with Insigne, but with this locker room, with Bill Manning, the president of of Toronto FC. There is something greater going on here that you need to get to the bottom of because it's no longer just about results. You're opening up to the world the dysfunction that is that locker room today.
0: All right, so there you have it. Uh, Toronto FC struggling mightily uh, and in a bit of an implosion as we near the mid-season mark in Major League Soccer. Herc, we have MLS highlights So let's push it a little bit. Let's bring you one more game because this Herc was the first game I've been to live since the birth of my son. DC United against your LA Galaxy at Audi Field. I gotta tell you what, it was just a a beautiful, beautiful night. Actually, it was a terrible night. It was raining the entire time, but DC United took advantage of Herc's some horrific LA Galaxy mistakes. DC United rolled three nothing. What do you got to say now about my beloved black
1: and red? They beat the Galaxy, which is one of the worst teams this season in Major League Soccer. Uh, just individual errors: Jonathan Bond, Jalen Neal, who I thought, who I think has had a very good season, with a just a, a blunder there. Jonathan Bond again, and when you're down, you're out. And where have I seen that celebration before?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, maybe from his manager, Wayne Rooney, has a DC United. Rolling, just one loss in their last seven MLS games, Herc. Uh, Right now, they are sixth. It was interesting, I was at this game, there was a ton, I was actually surprised for a team that's doing so badly, a ton of Galaxy fans that made the trip. And of course, we're commiserating in the bar before the game and and then after the game as well. And it's a lot of great teams that have fallen on difficult times, but you know what, Herc? I feel a lot more optimistic as a DC United fan then I think Galaxy fans should. At least at least there's hope, right? Both teams are spending big. At least DC United right now is getting something for their expenditures.
1: Yeah, and it's the hope that kills you, right?
0: Um, hey DC, we haven't had hope in a long time, so I'll take some of that.
1: Yeah, and I say this with all due respect, but this is the Galaxy. It wasn't one of the best teams, it was the bar. I mean, how many times have you heard throughout the years in Major League Soccer's existence that they bend the rules mm-hmm. for the Galaxy? They get away with things at the Galaxy. You're no longer that club because you have allowed that to happen. You're not seen as the cream of the crop in Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. Now, you saw the graphic. Can it get worse? They're about to play in, in, in probably in an hour against LAFC. And LAFC's mm-hmm. LAFC team that rested players midweek with all eyes on this game, it can get worse. Yes, Because yes. Because you're putting all your eggs in this basket that's the Open Cup basket. And I agree, you should. But you're going up against a team that's a very good team in your city that I said about four years ago was taking over, and you should be careful of. Mm. And people within that organization were angry that I said that, and now people in that organization are angry to the extent that they're doing silly things online. They're they say I've always, it. They
0: unfollowed you on Twitter. Say it, and you were hurt about it.
1: No, I, no, it's it's not even hurt because honestly, I I just don't <laughs> get what they're trying to get out of this. Like Nothing good is going to come out of this. And and there are a lot of very good people at the LA Galaxy. We've said it here on this show, the way that the Galaxy treat us when it comes to player relations, more teams should be like them. The way that the Galaxy treat their ex-alumni, trust me, I am an alumni to a lot of teams. More teams should be like that. They're one of the few teams with history. Now, what does hurt, and I try to be as unbiased as possible when I cover the game, but what does hurt is, the first game I ever went to go watch was the LA Galaxy in 1996 versus Columbus Crew at the Rose Bowl. My first experience as a professional. The first time I ever played in First Division was with the LA Galaxy. I made $860 a month to live in California, gross, okay? By the time 2005 came around, I was making about $1,250 a month to live in California in 2005, and I was the happiest individual because I got to play for the LA Galaxy. Somewhere along the lines, Landon Donovan, Jovan Karofsky, a bunch of different players went to Gold Cup with their nations to play. A player or two got injured, and I got to play with the LA Galaxy. I played half a tournament, scored a bunch of goals, won an MVP for the Galaxy. As a developmental player, these things don't happen anymore. As a developmental player, and we won two tournaments, the MLS Cup, and we also won the US Open Cup. I became, in a drop of a hat, an important figure for a club that I used to cheer for, a club that... I valued that gave me my introduction to professional game. And it feels like everything that I knew about the LA Galaxy is no longer there. The values of this club, the traditions of this club, the way and how it meant to the city of Los Angeles is slipping away. And it seems the only ones who understand this are the fans. And not only that, it's one thing to be bad on the field, but now you're going to be bad off the field and not accept it, not take accountability. And not only will they be bad on the field, but they're going to continue to be bad because they can't make any moves. You know why they can't make any moves? Because they were also bad at cheating. They got caught with that. So it goes from bad to worse, and it puts me in a situation where I feel bad for what the organization once was. But I have to be honest with who I am and with who they are today.
0: Mm. Did they follow you back on Twitter at least? I believe so. Okay. All right. There we go. We can always find peace. Let that be a lesson to all of us. Here's a look at the MLS slate this weekend, and a reminder you can catch all the great action over on Apple TV starting on Saturday
3: night. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing,
0: however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the
3: we just hit a million orders stage.
0: No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
4: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: Big news in Mexican football. Mexican Federation hosting their meeting of Liga MX owners on Monday. Here's some of the highlights, if you want to call them that. Juan Carlos Rodriguez is going to be the new Federation president, former TV executive, taking over for de Luisa. There'll be a cash prize and a CCL spot for the year-long points leader. Drop in foreign roster spots. New 10-team playoffs down from 12. Little NBA play in vibes there. Still no promotion and relegation. That, of course, still on pause. So, Herc, of these approved changes, what do we make of it? Something, nothing, or everything?
1: Uh, it's something. Listen, um, I feel like we've been here before, right? the these new changes what will happen it eventually will happen but still i pause on promotion relegation and you go out here and you say like all right so what really is changing just changing names liga de expansion is now going to be consolidated with the u23 program the u20s will no longer exist which is kind of odd because it's the u20s right now for mexico who aren't in the world cup who won't be in the Olympics come the Olympic Games in Paris. You're like, okay, what are you going for here? The reduction in foreigners, is it really a reduction? You're reducing one player, and it's not even a foreigner. What you're reducing is players who are formed within Mexico until a certain age, right? But then I think to myself, where can it actually change? All right, the playing program, that could be something of interest because there's no longer 12. I complain a lot about being 12. It's too much, but 10, and the way it is, this NBA style, that could be something that interests me, something. Here's where it gets really interesting. The new president was a president of a TV network. So if you're a president of a TV network, you must know how collective bargaining agreements work within a TV network and the TV rights. For the first time ever, Seb, they're talking about an actual TV rights deal for Liga Mekis in the US, okay? And I do not know if this applies to Mexico as well, but at least in the US. This is finally opening up this door, finally allowing others a piece of the pie, something that could trickle down to, if you're not Club America, a Querétaro. If you're not Chivas, a team like Necaxa. If you're not Monterrey and Tigres, who have very good gates, a team like San Luis. I think this is a step forward, but it needs to be done, because we've heard this, we've we've seen these promises before, and oftentimes they're not fulfilled.
0: There's a few things I like on that list, right? But they're kind of small things, Her, uh, uh, one, Less foreign spot, okay, maybe that creates one more opportunity. But it, it, it seems more symbolic than really meaningful. The CCL spot for the team that, that wins it all over a year in terms of points, that might add some competitive value to the league. That's something we've talked about a lot with Liga Amekis. It's lacking
1: in competitive value at yeah. times. Yeah, That's, but I, I think there's a value there to that, Hark. Go on. Yeah, it's, it's vague because that already exists. I mean, it's like the next best record goes through the CCL. That's why we're going to see. The next CCL edition, by the way, is big trouble for Major League Soccer. There are some ballers for Mexico in that one.
0: Yeah. Um, I like the playoff format. I I think that's good. I think anytime you can make it more competitive by making it 10 instead of 12. But the big things here to me, Herc, are still closer to nothing than everything. One, we still don't have promotion relegation. You really want to make things competitive. That's, that's your super drug, right? That's the thing that's going to supercharge competition, especially at the bottom of the league. The other thing is, when we talk about the, the profile, Herc, of the new president, is it any different than the last president? No. Nope. I mean, it's a TV executive. When we talk about the new sporting director down in Mexico, is it any different profile than the last few sporting directors? It's another guy out of Liga No. Nope. So to me, it's not different. We look at U.S. soccer, who had a decent World Cup, most people would say. They made a drastic change in the profile of their sporting director. Mexico needs to make drastic changes, and it appears here, at least from a personnel standpoint, we talk about the president, we talk about the sporting director, it's the same dude in a different
1: suit. Yeah, essentially, same profile of guy. I mean, you're replacing one XTB exec for another within the same company, so how much of that really opens up to the rest of those teams, of those ownership groups, I I agree with you.
0: No promotion relegation coming to Mexico anytime soon, but Herc, it may be, it may be close. Well, close in terms of geography, why? The Trinidad and Tobago Football Association is approving a second division with plans to have promotion and relegation within three years. Herc, if Trinidad and Tobago can do it, why can't we do it here?
1: Uh, here where? Here in the States? I mean, here you could the, do it. Yes, here in the States. You could do it. Absolutely. I do not see investors lining up to sign $500 million checks in Trinidad and Tobago. That may be one of the reasons um, why they've not gotten the Major League Soccer route. It also could be one of the reasons why you don't have pro route here in the States. $500 and to lose it in a year, it, it, it scares investors. Let's see what happens down in Trinidad, some sad news
0: elsewhere in Concacaf. At least 12 people died, uh, an unspecified number injured in a stampede at a soccer game on Saturday between Alianza FC and Club Deportivo FAS. They were playing in the second leg of their playoff quarterfinal at the Cuscatlan Stadium. Uh, the club Alianza going to receive a $30,000 fine and a 12-month stadium ban. Again, an incredible tragedy there in Central America uh, in El Salvador in a game between Alianza FC and Club Deportivo FAS. We will uh, keep tuned to this story as there are more developments. Everton to a 1-1 draw on Saturday. Raul Jimenez, an unused sub. That's not a surprise. Why is it important? Well, because this figured to be Raul's last home game with Wolves, his future very much in doubt. As to why he didn't play, let's hear from the manager, Julian Gopetegui. Here he is.
3: About Raul, we don't always want to have it. He has contract too Today, that's why... Uh, he has been you no know, very in, in, in the best fit in these last times. He knows that. We, we put him in, in Manchester a little minutes today. The, the kind of match that we have had, I try to choose and maybe I can do better as a coach uh, and put him in the, in the pitch the last 10 minutes, but it's not no, a gift for him because he, he, he has been a very important player here and I hope that he continue being. But I don't know what's going to happen with him and with other players.
0: No farewell for Raul Jimenez. Herc, are we telling Lopetegui to get lost
1: here? It's difficult, and, and let me let me say, Lopetegui's got, all he has to do is what's best for the club to get points, right? So it's difficult for me to say, get lost. You should have catered to Raul Jimenez. But when you think about what Raul Jimenez means to Wolves and Wolves fans, and you saw the homage to him right there, the Si Senor celebration, the Si Senor chance, uh, and why he's so important to that club. Raul Jimenez was, for 20 months, one of the best players, not of Wolves, but in the Premier League, he really was. For about 18, 20 months, he was on another level. We were talking about Raul Jimenez being on the tip, on the cusp of some of the best teams around the world. He was being linked to, he was that good of a player. Scoring ability, his ability to bring others in, assist, everything, he had it. And then, in a drop of a hat, in November 2020, it was all taken away because of an unfortunate head incident, the clash of heads with David Luis of Arsenal. And it's gone. And he was never the same player. But that love that the Wolves fans, have for Raul Jimenez, has never changed. So in a game that really didn't mean much, maybe to Lopetegi because he didn't want to lose, it meant much more to Everton who needed that point for possibilities of staying up, a staying afloat and not getting relegated. But in terms of Wolverhampton, you're not going down, you're safe. You're not getting to European spots. You're in a zone, you're in this space where if you give him a cameo, you give him that proper goodbye, I think everybody is good with that. But you robbed Raul Jimenez of that the same way he was robbed of potentially something great after that clash.
0: There you have it. So it uh, looks like it's the end of the Raul Jimenez era at Wolves. There were some certainly uh, high watermarks, but a, a sad end there, if indeed that is the end. Let's turn our attention to the Women's World Cup, Herc, coming up here and the United States, officially official now, going to be without katarina macario she took to social media to announce that she will not be physically able to compete at the world cup this summer with the u.s women's national team herk that means no katarina macario on top of the bad news we got a couple months ago no mallory Pugh. let's start with macario just how big an impact is this do you think for the u.s at the world cup this summer
1: well, it's massive because you're already missing Mallory Swanson, right? You have to assume Mallory Swanson's not there. Who could come in and replace her, so to speak, what she can do? But even more so because Macario's in this kind of different mold where she's a playmaker. She can not only play the front line, she can play in the midfield. She gives you something a bit different. Now you're asking yourself, who's gonna score and create the goals for me? Mm. Who could potentially be there to replace who I thought was gonna replace, Mallory Swanson. And that's where it gets sticky. Because you could say, or you could ask, is Trinity Rodman ready for that role? If you go back to a Lynn Williams, to a veteran like her, is an Alyssa Thompson ready for the limelight? Can't she be that replacement? It's just more questions to what we already had for uh, Vlako Panovich here. So, uh, not yes, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I think I think between these two injuries, very much the Swanson one is, is the more important, right? Katerina Macario was a potential solution to a problem, Swanson's absence creates maybe the biggest problem now that Vladko Andonovsky has. I think also Vlatko had not really figured out what Macario's role was, right? So there was also maybe some questions there. I like what you say about Alyssa Thompson. I think of all the players, this probably... Look, if what Vlatko said about NWSL form is really the decider, and anybody's watching Alyssa Thompson right now in the National Women's Soccer League, she's going to make this World Cup team. But this injury, this, this news that Macario is not going to make it, I think, I think it's a real good chance you see Alyssa Thompson. And now I think it's a real good chance that her, her minutes and her role expand quite a bit. And that, that's where this could be some good news for the United States. Because this U.S. team may not have a lot of players who have proven it at the international level in terms of what's left from 2019. But boy, do they have a lot of depth and a lot of... Yeah of attacking talent.
1: I'll address really quick, Macquarie, you were, you were hoping that she would be the same player she was before that knee injury, right? So you were banking on something, maybe her coming mm-hmm. back to that same level, but it was not unknown. So that's a silver lining uh, there. But Alyssa Thompson, I mean, what can you say? When I watch her play, you notice it's just a different gear to her. Uh, if I'm comparing her like for like with a player like Trinity Rodman, I think she's more dangerous than Trinity Rodman, but I think hmm. Trinity's got more range in her passing, uh, if you will, there. So it's what you expect or want out of each player.
0: Awesome. All right. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the U.S. women's national team. Closing in on that World Cup FA Cup final, a Manchester Derby. I guess I should say Derby because that's what they call it over there. City against United, June 3rd, 9 a.m. Eastern time, as the FA Cup has been all season. That is available for you exclusively here on ESPN+. All right. Big show on Thursday. Our good friend Pellegrino Matarazzo going to join us from over... Uh, in the Bundesliga. And also Alexis Nunez sat down with Ethan Horvath. He's playing soon for a spot in the Premier League uh, with Luton Town, of course. So that'll do it for this edition of Football Americas. For Hercules Gomez, I'm Sebi Salazar. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you on Thursday.